Can I have your attention, please? You are listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes, a podcast dedicated to sports talk from Las Vegas, Chicago, Dallas, and beyond. I'm your host, Ron Wrights. I'm with Timothy T-Dog Wilberger. We're here. We've made it. Podcast number two, T-Dog. Can you believe it? How about it? You know, we got the first one in. Now it's Veranda number two. And man, we've got some good news today. We got some not so good news today. I mean, it yeah. was just a, oh my gosh. What a, what a week in, what a day in sports, right? What a day in sports. Yeah, we've got, uh, so from the last podcast, we have a few things happening. Uh, one of those is uh, the uh, MLB, right? We know we're going to talk. First off, we know we're going to talk about sports. We know we're going to talk about football. Remember to listen to the end of the podcast because we're going to give us a, we're going to give out our picks for the end of the podcast. Uh, but really, to start off the, this podcast, we're going to talk MLB, right? World Series. Well, we yeah, because you remember we got the Bears and Rams played last Monday night, so we got to touch on that, right? And then they got the Bears and the Saints today. You got the Raiders and the Browns. The Cowboys are playing right now, so we'll touch on them throughout the podcast here and there with some live updates, which you know will be technically not live since it'll be Monday morning. But um, you know, yeah, and ultimately we got some baseball news even in Chicago that we probably want to touch on. But why don't we start it off with probably the biggest sports story from the last seven days, and that would be the World Series. I think you're right. Yeah, World Series is a. It was a pretty interesting game. We also uh, are going to have a first uh, for tonight. We're also going to have uh, a guest on, right? Why don't you tell us about the guest? Well, I think I know this guy pretty well. Uh, he uh, happens to be my son, Kevin Wiltberger. And the reason we're going to have him on is because he is a diehard True Blue Dodgers fan. As as we are, Ron, as I am with the Cubs and as you are with the White Sox and we are with the Bears, just, just true, rabid fans, he is every sense of that with the Dodgers, if not more. And so it is it is exciting to get him on today to, to talk about what was a – just you think about this season with COVID and 2020 and everything going on in the baseball world playing in their little bubbles. One of them happens to be, happened to be down here in, in Texas, right down in Arlington. Um, And just kind of seeing them finish off. I mean, it was a crazy game six and why not? I mean, for somebody to think about what happened there in that game when, and you know, here we are against the Rays and Justin Turner <laughs> all of a sudden is not in the game, and you come to find out it's because they found out during the game he tested positive for COVID. I mean, dude, of course, right? Because it's 2020, and it's the year of the COVID. I mean, isn't that freaking crazy? I, I yeah. just, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah it, so, does, yeah, it was a great game. There's no question. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Justin Turner and his, his COVID, but let's uh, let's go ahead and get uh, Kevin Wilberger on right now. Hey, Kevin, uh, you're on the podcast uh, Monday Morning Couch Potatoes with uh, Ron and and T Dog. Uh, what's up? How you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. So, uh, uh, your uh, T Dog or your father, should I say, <laughs> has got a question or two for you. Well, and really, so obviously World Series, the Dodgers last won it in 1988, before you were even born, right, before, uh, before uh, he was even born there, uh, LV, but um, went to the World Series in 2017. You probably don't want to talk about that World Series, though, because this is, um, 
you know, no explicit content on here, Kevin. So we're not going to ask you about the uh, the Astros and the Dodgers, even though I'm sure you'd love to talk about that one. Right? Uh, oh yeah, two, uh, 2018 they went to the World Series. 2019 they won their seventh straight National League West title. But it wasn't until this crazy 2019 season, and they finally, finally get over that hump and. You know, I actually was was with Kevin when they wanted to be able to see the exact same passion and just overwhelming, uh, you know, emotions that I also had when the Cubs won it all in 2016 was really a sight to see. But walk us through this this season for you, Kevin, just real quick in a nutshell. With everything going on with COVID and all that, and you guys finally getting over the hump, what did it really feel like for you? Well, obviously, it started, you know, with the, you know, when the uh, regular season starts around March, April, whatever, you know, you get those, you know, the goosebumps and you're all excited for, you know, everything to start going. Obviously, this year started off pretty crazy. And so, you know, sports are going to be the one thing that, you know, got all this nonsense off my mind. But, you know, once, you know, uh, the cancellations of the games during spring training and then the postponement of the season, you know, I just thought there wouldn't even be a season this year with, you know, the Player Association and, you know, the MLB just not getting along with, you know, not figuring out a deal on how to get this thing going. It was really upsetting. It was really upsetting because obviously, like every year, the past eight years, we, you know, were the team to beat. You know, we had the highest odds and, you know, to win win the whole thing. And, it's you know, you kind of, uh, you look forward to it every single year. So, you know, from from the beginning to end, you know, it's just been a crazy roller coaster. And, you know, from what we've been through the past couple of years, you know, we feel like, you know, some teams, you know, you get to, you know, the big stage, you lose, you know, and you're like, well, I mean, at least we got there. Well, for us, it was a lot different. It was, you know, either you win it, you know, or you don't. And if you don't, it's just a huge failure this season. So that's why, you know, this year was huge, huge for our fans. And I'm just so excited to be a part of it. Well, what do you say? To, so, no, that, that, that totally makes sense. What do you say to those people out there that say that the Dodgers really just buy championships, right? I mean, they buy their way in every year with the payroll and going out and getting the, the top talent out there and paying the top dollar. What, I'm sure people have said that to you. Oh, yeah, of course. It's all the time. And, you know, they need to know that, you know, most of our players are homegrown. And – you know, you could look at the stats or the data or whatnot, and you could see all of that. And um, a big part of it is just, you know, people saying, you know, the good players saying is just the L.A. lifestyle. You know, some players just like that. You know, example, you know, well, he wasn't homegrown, but, you know, Mookie Betts coming to L.A., you know, you know, I take it, you know, he wanted that L.A. lifestyle, the big show. You know, you got LeBron on the Lakers. You know, you got the two football teams now you know, in LA. So, you know, that whole city is just, you know, full of crazy sports. And that's why, um, you know, I don't usually tell people that, you know, they're homegrown. Uh, most of them are, but, um, it's pretty much just good players sticking with the team, you know, taking, you know, sometimes pay cuts to stay with them and, you know, to give the money to other players coming in. So I feel like they just need to, you know, look at the data a little bit more and see, uh, yeah, it really adds up. Yeah, you know right. that that uh, that that's a that's a good example of homegrown. Like you guys got uh, Gavin Lux, 
uh, second baseman still coming up. Uh, you had him up for a little bit. Uh, you sent him back down, but you know what a what an up and growing, uh, up and coming, homegrown player you've got going on. Um, you almost lost uh, Jock Peterson actually in a trade, uh, but they didn't pull the trigger, uh, which was a good thing, right? Because uh, he did score, he did hit that home run in the in game five. Um, but uh, as far as uh, LA goes, though, you must have been pretty excited. Uh, probably not so excited so much for the regular season as it was only sixty games. But going into the playoffs, that you definitely, you know, your team had a shot to to get to the World Series, and uh, it did what it had to do to get there. Uh, but you also uh, went were was able to go to one of the postseason games uh, out there, and was it in Arlington? Uh, yes, it was in Arlington. I was at Globe Life Field. Um, it was quite the experience. You know, I've been to a Dodger game, at least one Dodger game for the past seven, eight years. And um, this was probably the best one. You know, it was it's weird, but it was probably the best one because not only was it the postseason, but it was, you know, the NLCS, which we were down 3-1. And, you know, odds are that, you know, your team's not going to make it, you know, unless they really, really figure out some type of, you know, new technique or new way to win the game. And obviously, uh, finally hitting the long ball a lot more and, um, you know, kind of taking care of our pitchers a little more and knowing when to actually take them out. Um, that really helped us in the long run. So that's why, you know, that game was probably the most important out of all of them. Um, just, you know, just to be able to be a part of it. Yeah, besides Game Six of the World Series, right? Game Six was probably oh right, right, probably the most <laughs> yeah, important. Well, well, second, to, you know, first to me, you know, because I went, but you know, you guys the most actually there, yeah. did it. Did it feel like a home LA game though? Did it, did you did you feel like there the sense was there was quite a few Dodger fans at that stadium? Um, how was the feeling as far as that was going on? Um, there were actually quite a few Dodgers fans, um, a lot more than, you know, what I saw with the Braves, but, um, you know, there was, uh, sprinkled in other teams. There was obviously Rangers because the ticket holders kind of had the first pick. Um, you had the, uh, you had Astro fans there, which was very odd, but you know, they were there. Um, I saw a couple of Phillies fans. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just, uh, People who lived in the area who just wanted to, you know, enjoy some baseball. It didn't matter if the team was in it or not. Well, let's get real quick. Let's get uh, that, get to that game six, and you know what a game it was. Rallying, you know, coming from behind to win that game, and you know, just again, just seeing you on the edge of your seat just brought back memories of 2016 for me with the Cubbies. But you know, watching that game, what do you think was the turning point where you thought? wow, I think we might actually turn this around, and here's why. What was the turning point in that game that really set you off there? Well, it's the obvious, you know, Kevin Cash pulling, you know, Snell, and I knew, you know, after two innings that, you know, we were not going to do anything with Snell up there. We weren't going to do anything. It was, he was going to deal the whole time, and if he threw, he would have threw a complete game if they let him, and, you know, we would have lost. We just couldn't hit him. I knew it. You know, it seemed like our player, our batters didn't even try. You know, it's just, it was just an awful look for the Dodgers in the beginning. And I thought it was going to be a very long game. 
But once Kevin Cash took him out, you know, I had a good feeling that we were going to score some runs. Well, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that, Ron. I'll tell you what. I think I have a pretty good uh, idea what's coming up. Oh, yeah, dude. (laughs) This is our opportunity to talk some smack. And what better way to talk some smack than listen to that horn? This that is exactly what I, I I figured, and I'll tell you what you know what these questions were not scripted to Kevin. I can tell everybody that right now, uh, but that is exactly where I thought he was going to go. And I'll tell you what, this is why I think this is a perfect candidate for the smack wagon this week, guys. Because what did Kevin Cash do? He went in there, he pulled Blake Snell to bring in Nick Anderson, and let's just let's just see, go to the why he did that. He said he did that because of the the stats and going through the third time through the order and things like that, all the analytics and so on and so forth. You think about all the things that went into that equation. Nick Anderson had given up runs in his previous six playoff outings and seven of nine of his total playoff outings. Yes, you know, Snell historically is lights out through the first run through the batting order. I think he allowed like a batting average in the low ones in 2020 in that capacity. But consider who was coming up. Mookie Betts. Kevin just mentioned him. They're $365 million man. I think that's how much he, he, he brought was brought in for. In 2020, this guy's a stud, but he was dead last. That's bottom of the list. Worst slugging percentage against lefties than any other qualified batter in the bigs. And he got progressively worse against starting pitching as the game went on with a lower slugging percentage the second time through and even lower the third time through. And that's a trend that continued even from 2019. So it's not like 2020 was just some fluke with bets, right? And to make it even more head-scratching, his his OPS against righties was exactly double what it was against lefties this past season. And and I'll tell you what, guys, and Kevin may have seen this before as well, but I saw a stat that really sealed it for me. Betts was hitting right-handed fastballs to the tune of around 360 and slugging almost 750 against lefties. 212 batting average and slugging right around 250. And what pitch is Anderson's bread and butter? You guessed it, the four-seam fastball. <laughs> I mean, what numbers? What numbers are you using to make this call, Kevin Cash? I'm sorry. It's game six of the World Series. It's elimination winner go home for the race. Kevin just mentioned it. You have the one of the best left-handed starting pitchers in baseball on the mound, absolutely dealing with really no zip, lost on his fastball. Uh, fastball you ride that horse until he gives you no reason to instead cash made a change what can only be guessed oh you know what that's is a righty Snell's a lefty yeah i guess I'll, I'll pull him out of there so feed us all the managerial decision making mumbo jumbo you want in this one cash but you straight up made a major mistake in the most important game of your career thus far and that kind sir is why you just got flattened by the smack wagon I mean, Kevin, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You know, it's, it was all on point. All your information is on point, And it's just, you know, it's just insane how just one change can affect the entire game like that. Absolutely, buddy. Well, hey, right. yeah, Kevin, I think, uh, I think we've heard uh, quite a bit. And we appreciate you being on our podcast. And, uh Definitely, if you uh, hear anything uh, new and exciting coming through the pipelines as a as a young stud that you are, my friend, uh, give us a call. Uh, you know, give us a call and uh, come on. You can come on anytime. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 
All right. Hey, Kevin, I got one last thing before you go. Go Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Well, that was pretty that was pretty that was a pretty good call. That was a, oh, that, that was a great that call. Was a great and no, that was I, that was a that was a real good idea. I'm glad you know we want to touch on baseball and it's you know to have again I, I I'll tell you Rod just his passion is equaled you know with us with the Cubs and the White Sox he really is I mean it's just it was such a it was such a joy yeah I'd love to see the Cubbies in there every year right yeah um, but you know just to see you know somebody that you care about going through that positivity right there it was just really cool to see. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. So um, a couple things, though, I want to just add on that. Uh, Justin Turner was pulled, uh, I think, in the eighth inning of that game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not because he wasn't uh, doing well or not because he wasn't effective. Uh, it's because his inconclusive COVID test that he did during the day, well, the first test he did during the day was inconclusive. The second test he did came back positive so they pulled him off or out of the game and uh, of course as you guys know because it's been a week that he went back onto the field after the Dodgers had won and interacted which you know once again asterisk 2020 uh, is been about how this is going on um, he went ahead and kind of was hanging out with friends and family and and players and so MLB is looking into that, and uh, maybe they'll come with you know some kind of disciplinary action or not. Who knows? Uh, but bottom line is, uh, you know, tip my hat to the LA Dodgers for a great win in the World Series, and hopefully next year. I'm I'm being told uh, that the pitchers and catchers will report uh, like normal uh, that first or second week of February. So we should see baseball coming out uh, on time for, for next year. That's what, that's at least what I'm hearing. And, you know, what a sigh of relief really that, you know, Rob Manfred and baseball had to have taken knowing that if the Dodgers didn't win that game, what are you going to do with game seven? You know, you're not going to be able to play it. They're going to have to go through all the all the testing and everything before, so that would have had to have been postponed. And to think you get all the way to the last game of the year potentially, and that happens. So I think that you know the Dodgers bailed baseball out as well. Um, and you know it's interesting. I mean Justin Turner. I mean he's thirty six years old. I think he's 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 a free agent, but he is the heart and soul of that Dodgers team. Yeah. So I know I know we want to get in and, and talk Bears uh, Bears here, but. At least we started off on a positive note. <laughs> you know, championship for the Dodgers. Congratulations to them. Um, oh, we'll yeah. see how. Yeah, we're right. We'll see how that goes with the MLB. So uh, we're going to go back to last Monday night. Uh, Chicago ended up playing LA Rams. We were uh, broadcasting or recording our podcast uh, that morning, so we made a couple of predictions. So our uh, Tim had Bears. A twenty uh, Rams sixteen. I had a eighteen fifteen Chicago. We both felt Chicago had an opportunity to win. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it was a pretty uh, disgusting game from our for our, our end. And 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 luckily, we have the opportunity to do the couch potato, you know, evaluation of that Monday night game. 
Uh, you had Nick Foles at 128 of 40 for 261 yards and two picks. Uh, 261 yards, uh, you know, that's okay. Two picks is not so okay. And, of course, our running backs were combined 17 of 49. 17 attempts, 49 rushing yards that game. Uh, just absolutely brutal. Uh, a, a positive note, I guess you can say, is Allen Robinson won f- four catches for 70 yards. I mean, that's that's about as positive as it gets. Uh, we had literally um, so many punts, so many um, opportunities to move the ball, but just not. And, of course, that's going to lead into today's game. But for Monday's game, it was really a tough one to watch. Um, the Bears need, you know, they need, to, they need to run the ball. They need to throw the ball. They need to, they need to do something offensively. Um, how'd you feel about that game last Monday? Well, we talked about it last week. You you uh, threw Denny Green on the podcast. You know, are the the Bears are who we thought we were, right? That infamous line from that uh, that 2006 win um, that the Bears had against his team, though they came back and won. And you know, I told you that I I think the Bears were uh, who we thought they were. Their offense was suspect. Their defense is good, and they you know you wanted their quarterback to not make the mistakes uh, to help the defense try to win the game. And the bears were just playing way too conservative in that game. There's no question about it. I mean, when the bears actually finally started to get it moving in the first quarter, uh, it was led, it was driven by a throw that Foles actually should have never even made. He forced it across the field, across his body. But you know, that uh, rookie tight end Cole Komet made a great play on that. So, you know, just very inconsistently or very inconsistent, very conservative on, on offense. I completely agree with you. But there were just several things in that game that stood out to me, um, you know. And, and I'm going to call some people out. I mean, I, that game, Robert Quinn, I have no idea what was up with him. No, he wasn't creating any pressure up front on the defensive front, Ron. Um, you almost have you almost have to start thinking: Did the Bears overpay for that guy? And I don't know if he's playing injured, and we're just not we just don't know about it. Um, there's just something about. Uh, you know what I watched with Robert Quinn that I don't know that he's the kind that he's earning the kind of money that we're paying him to be quite honest with you. It was a struggle. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Quinn, uh, the money we spend on some of these guys, it's, it's really, we need to, we need an O line is what we need. I, I think we can agree with that. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on the O line. I mean, it, there's there's so much with that. You saw it today. Um, that offensive line. I mean, they're just they're just too slow off the ball. I mean, the Rams were winning the game in the trenches. The Bears were trying to run between the tackles, and they're just not good enough to do that right now. I mean, I actually got a text from a buddy. You know, Chuck. Yeah. Um, and he said exactly what I was what I was thinking. You know, he said that this line is built for outside zone stretch plays. And I think that's what he sent me. I think that was the text. And I couldn't agree more on that. I mean, it's just – it just doesn't seem like this offensive – now, granted, I know we're dealing with some injuries. we got Daniels out, Cody Whitehair missed today's game uh, or missed this Sunday's game. But nonetheless, I mean, it's just I, – I can't believe that we have not been able to put together an offensive line that, that uh, can put us in a position to, to move on that offense. And we, you talk about the coaching, right, Ron? Yeah. Coaching. That – that game, Matt Nagy, why not call a timeout with 20 seconds left in that first half on fourth down? Force them to punt. 
I mean, even the announcers were baffled, you know, right? You know, what if they fumble a snap? I mean, these types of games, points are at a premium. When you're an offense as bad as Chicago and a defense as good as Chicago, points are a premium. You need to get them where you can. That's just my take on it. Yeah. So, once again, you know, this is obviously a week ago. Bears lose to the Rams, which unfortunately uh, sets up for our – when doing our picks – I actually, I, I do, before we get away, because that game, yes, I want to get away from that game. You know, the most valuable player in that game really was was their punter, <laughs> Hecker from the Rams. But yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but did you see that crazy stat that they showed uh, on the broadcast? So it, sa- it said sa- that since 1966, so that's what, uh, 54 years? Yeah. That the Bears have had 51 different starters at quarterback. All right, of course, which is the most in the NFL. And during that time, they've only had two Pro Bowl selections from the quarterback position during that time. Two, Ron, two, out of 50, uh, in the last 54 years. McMahon in 1985 mm-hmm. and Trubisky two years ago. Yeah, and I think he got in because somebody didn't... Uh... That's what they didn't tell you on the broadcast. Yeah. He was actually selected as a replacement for who he was playing last week, Jared Goff, who was going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So take that so away. So they would have one. Yeah, take that away. And the only one you have is McMahon's 1985 season, which can you believe he threw for only 2,400 yards that year, 15 touchdowns and 11 picks, generating a rating of just north of 82. Now, does that sound like a Pro Bowl quarterback? Now, granted, back then – you know, we're not seeing the insane type of quarterback stats that we see in these days. Typically back in the 80s, that was probably where a quarterback might, you know, get his team, especially the Bears defense were so good that McMahon looked even better. But, you know, when you see your biggest rival, and gosh, we've talked about this, have two quarterbacks in the past, what, 25, 26 years? Yeah. Brett Favre and Rodgers? I mean, doesn't that make you just want to – ugh. Well, so, you would, you know, yeah, you I almost do. think you almost think that Detroit would have would have had more quarterbacks than Chicago, but there again, Chicago obviously has been there, uh, probably uh, obviously a lot longer than Detroit, um, but still, it, it's been. I think we need Sid Luckman back. I think we need Sid back. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so we've got today's games. Yeah, right. We got today's games. Uh, let's let's jump into uh, Las Vegas Raiders today. So Las Vegas Raiders took take on the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. It was a the weather was crappy, wind was a gust, uh, but somehow somehow some way the Las Vegas Raiders take the game sixteen to six. Man. 16 to 6. I much would rather have had 16 to 6 than than uh, 26 to 23. But uh Derek Carr won 16 uh, 15 to 24 for 112 yards and a touchdown, wow. no picks, but Josh Jacobs, which was the Chicago Bears pick uh that was given up for Khalil Mack, won 31 for 128. Um so, you know, for I think uh Cleveland's defense is is mighty stout. So to get 128 yards on a crappy, rainy, wet field, uh, pretty good. Uh, Darren Waller was their wide receiver that had five catches for 28 yards. Um, there was a little. There was also a little Chicago flair in there. Um, if you noticed, if you were able to watch the games out here in Las Vegas, you'd notice that 
Nick Kukowski was in at linebacker, and he actually was leading the team in tackles at four uh, for the Raiders. So, you know, hey, tip my hat to Nick Kukowski. I wouldn't mind having him back. Could even though our defense sure is good, yeah, maybe it's cool. You probably know what it's. Kwiatkowski. There you go, Nick Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. So, anyways, uh, it was nice to see. You know, we've been seeing. We had Bostic last week. We talked a little bit about Bostic and the bad hit, but uh, it was nice to see Nick out there and actually playing for a team that uh, that can afford him. You know, because he's high paid, and the Bears just couldn't afford him anymore. They paid too much and. And there are other defensive players, and so it was. It was a good game. It was a good win. Big win for the Raiders. Uh, we don't know how the Cowboys are gonna go, right? T Dog, uh, do we know we what the score don't. is right now? I'll tell you though. You know, I picked the Raiders to win this game. You I don't did. You did. No, no, I did. <laughs> I did not. You did pick it. You, you did. You get the nod for that one. And we're gonna go no, over I- our last week's picks here at the end of the podcast, anyways. So. Now, I, you know, what we mentioned on last week's podcast is the last time those two teams had played, a couple years ago, I think it was, they combined for 90-something points. And then today, of course, the weather says, you know, that's not going to happen. You guys are not going to score that many points. But, um, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they had to stick to the ground game. Jacob certainly had a good game. It wasn't like – and it was really a ground grounded-out type type of game for them today. today. I mean, Derek Carr also had, uh, I think, over 40 yards rushing. They didn't have a rush over – 18 yards I believe that was car scramble so it wasn't as if you know they were getting the yards in in monster chunks but they definitely they played to the elements and they played better than the team that should really have been able to play it in the elements I said I wasn't sold last week on the sold uh last week on the Browns and I'm still not LV I'm really not wow well yeah I mean I think I, I think the Brown I think Browns have a chance I mean Browns definitely have a chance in their division, I, I, I just, uh, I agree. I, I agree. It's 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 going to take some time. I'm not a big Browns fan, so personally, I don't even care what the Browns do in their division. But we're a a sports podcast. We need to talk about these games, <laughs> right? We need to talk about these games. So, well, I if, if I was a Raiders fan, and for those people in Las Vegas listening who are Raiders fans, I think you should be excited about your team. I mean, you got Chucky there leading the way, and I told you last week I like Derek Carr. I think he's he's a really good quarterback. Um, yeah, and we'll see. I mean, the defense played well today. Granted, you know, yeah, it was it was real crappy conditions. But and, and our well. rookie, our rookie out of I think out of Alabama, Ruggs the third. He's for a wide receiver. He is fast, dude. This guy, oh, yeah. this guy is super fast. So it's not like he doesn't have he doesn't have people to throw to. You know, like I said, he threw to Darren Waller. Uh, Ruggs got a ca- couple catches in there. Um, you know, it, the, the team for where it's at, I think is playing to its potential right now. And only the sky's the limit with, with Las Vegas. No, it's a big win Vegas on the road in the elements, um, big win for them. And, and, you know, let's, let's see what next week has to hold for the team. I mean, you took away – this is a game they should have lost. I mean, you took away the vertical passing game with the with the elements, you're right. I mean, they go, for them to go out and grind it out and win it, that's a big win for them, no question. And yeah. you did ask about the Cowboys right now. You know, we'll talk about them, you know, next week because that game will be – you know, will still be going on. Yeah. Uh, they're down right now heading into the fourth quarter. It's a close game, 15-9 to nine right now. Wow. Um, 
He only got 92 yards passing from uh, Danucci. Yeah. Ben Danucci. <laughs> so, um, so it'll be interesting. I've got this game uh, recorded, so I'm going to take a look at it afterwards, and uh, we'll be we'll for certainly jump in on the Cowboys game next week. Yeah, and the Cowboys for me for my picks from last week was my lock of the week that the Eagles would win. So Eagles need to win. But but the reality of this game, though, uh, Tim, and I'm sure you've been hearing this around local media in Dallas, is you know if they beat the Eagles, they're what they're back in first, which yeah. is which is pretty unbelievable. At what would they be three and three and five or something like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's it's we we again we touched on this too. I mean, this is the worst division no question in the NFL. I mean, for pretty much every team is playoff possibility in the NFC East, just because of how bad uh, that division is right now. And so the Eagles can really take a good step forward uh, with a win today. Um, you know, they, they're two, four and one. They're, they're basically a half game ahead of Washington and Dallas right now. So a Dallas, if they could come back and win it, then yeah, they're in first place. And, it's sad to say that when you're in first place when you're three and five. Yeah. So NFC East teams, I think honestly, that's they're going to play out just like I think they're going to play out just like the um, uh, NFC West was a few years ago when Seattle came in at what seven and nine. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Playoff qualified as a playoff team at seven. And the, nine. the question is, will will Dallas or any of those teams come in? With a better record than seven and nine, and get into the playoffs. That's- well, the one thing, the one thing they have, obviously, they're going to be playing each other. And you know, if you, if they basically go five hundred against each other, then yeah, it's going to be how are they doing to, with that outside competition? So we'll see. I mean, it's I, I don't, I really do not see a team coming out of there any better than than eight and eight. Um, you know, we can talk about that maybe next week, take a look at the the rest of the schedule this year and see if we can kind of lay that out and see what it's going to look like. But if, you know, we talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. They're here, the ugly right now. Well, <laughs> they're ugly. And uh, I would say a five and three team currently is pretty ugly too, which you would, if I said, Hey, we got a five and three team, any team out there at five and three. Uh, would you, would you just by the, by five and three, just by the record, would you consider that to be an ugly team, horrible team? I would think that I would think that you sit there and go, yeah, five and three, man. That's pretty good. You kidding me? Well, this is, it's tough to win in the NFL, Ron. I mean, let's be honest. It is. It's tough to win in the NFL. Yeah. But at the same time, when you look at how teams win and lose, you get an idea of where they're at in from the playoff perspective, if they're they're truly a possible playoff team or if they're just going in the, by the motions. I mean, I know you're talking about the Bears right now. That's what we're getting into. We talked about the Rams-Bears. Now we're talking about Saints-Bears. And this yeah. game, this game actually, in, when, I, when I first turned it on, I thought, okay, this is playing right into Chicago's strengths, right? We just talked about Cleveland and the Raiders and how the, temp, you know, the weather there was really should have worked in Cleveland's favor. The Bears game, it was cold, it was windy. You and I have been plenty to plenty of games there where it's been cold and windy. Oh, yeah. And and they were hard-fought battles. Typically, the Bears came out on top, depending on who they were playing. Um, but here you got the Saints coming in. I mean, Breeze, they threw a graphic up there on the game where he's, you know, last four games, he's 4-0 against the Bears with, like, eight touchdowns, no picks, almost 80% passes completed. Um, 
and I believe he helped those numbers today, uh, based on how based on how today's game went. So um, yeah, so Drew Brees won thirty one of forty one for two hundred and eighty <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. And by the way, those two touchdowns, that second touchdown, he is currently uh, broke the record for most touchdowns ever thrown, beating Brady so far. Obviously, these guys are going to go back and forth. Right. But I think it's like 596 or 597. I think 597. So 597. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're not celebrating, right? I mean, it's not anything uh, that, you know, that he's passing. No, he'll, he'll be throwing right? plenty more touchdowns. I'm, I'm sure of that. But I'll, I tell you what, Ron. I mean, there was just not a lot. There was there was some good in this game, but there was a lot more bad, a lot more ugly. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the game, Kamara. I mean, this guy's number one in the NFC yards from scrimmage, and they came out and they went up against the Bears. And this is a bend not break Bears defense, right? I mean, it just feels that way. Well, it's evidenced by the fact that they're one of the best teams in the NFL against third down. They're one of the best teams, if I not, I think the best team in the red zone defensively. They, they are. Yeah. So you know, it's. It's almost like when you're watching that game, when you're watching them play and their team starts at the 25, it's like, yep, they're going to give up yards, give up yards, give up yards. And then all of a sudden they get to the, um, into the red zone and you think, oh, they're probably going to stop them here, you know? So it, they're, what you saw in the, the beginning there, I mean, the Bears are dead last in the NFL rushing. I mean, do we miss Cohen yet? Not that Tariq Cohen was tearing it up, but I think we, we miss Tariq Cohen. Is this offensive line just, you know, just atrocious. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, they're a good Saint. The Saints are a good rushing defense. I think they're in the top five. So don't, you know, no, no, no problem there. But at the end of the day, evidence of big offensive line problems. And I know I said the end of the day, I know you like that. Yeah. Massey got injured. He had, we had some, we had to have, was it Jason Spriggs that came over and took over for him. You already had white hair out. You already had Daniels out. This offensive line, man, I don't know what to tell you. It is atrocious. Yeah. It's, it's brutal to watch. Uh, unfortunately, and uh, man, you know it, it's ba- it's bad enough when when you have Buck, who's never played football, I'm sure, and uh, Aikman on you know broadcasting the game, you know just complaining about Bears management and you know why we're why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, it's so frustrating. Uh, you know, I. I, I get sick of hearing, you know, I just wish they would just broadcast the game. Let's play the game. But I, I just feel like Nagy, first year Nagy was on top of making the right plays at the right time. I think he really didn't put much thought. He probably put a lot of thought into his plays. But as far as the consequences behind it, I just feel like everything he, he's doing now for the last two seasons, it's been What's the consequences? What's the actions? What's going to happen if we do this? Like, I just want them to throw the damn ball. Throw the damn ball. And don't throw off your back foot. And if you're going to do a, if you're going to do a, a, a bootleg right from the quarterback, put Trubitsky back in. At least he could run the ball. Like, it's, it's just, it's very frustrating but the Saints defense, when you're talking about run, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher since 2017, Tim. Yeah, that was I, – I saw that too. That was just insanity. That was crazy. Yeah, and I remember when um, I think Troy Aikman or Joe Buck or one of those two were saying, oh, you know, uh, uh, David Montgomery was just start of the fourth uh, quarter. 
Uh, David Montgomery has 77 yards. He has a chance to break that 100 yards. From the fourth quarter, he went from 77 yards to 89 yards total. 21 attempts, 89 yards total. Trubisky actually was in the game, folks, and uh, he rushed the ball for three yards. That's what they used him for. But once well, again, you know, they were as they were saying, we were down, we we're down points, or we needed score. Why are we throwing little two yard passes? Why aren't we throwing? Why are we getting bigger chunks of uh, field by throwing 10, 15 yards, or eight yards, or seven? Why two and three? Like that makes no sense to me, and it made no sense to the broadcasters. Like watching the game was extremely difficult to watch. I mean, yeah, great. I was thinking to myself, here we go again. We're, we're going to win because we just absolutely suck. And we're going to find a way to win. We're going to pull it out. And we actually get down there and we score that We score that field goal. We didn't have a parky issue. We didn't have the double doinker. It was right through the uprights the way it should be. You know, uh, I think that's a saving grace right there, Carlos Santos. Very helpful. But we're sitting there, and we it's, we get tied up 23-23. We go into overtime. You know, the Saints get the ball. We stop them. Our defense can stop them. I, I, there were some plays defensively, like, I don't know what we were doing. It almost felt like a Madden game. Right there, T-Dog? It felt like a Madden game out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, you're talking about, you look at that touchdown uh, that they had to go up 23-13, and it just looked, I mean, Jalen Johnson, the rookie corner, I like this kid, but he had a he had a tough game today. He was I don't know if he was worried about getting burned, but he was just leaving too much room. There was just too much cushion for these guys, and he got burned. Um, and you know, you get back to the coaching. I, I go back to that end of that first half, right? The Bears. It's two minutes to go. The Bears have it first and ten at the fourteen yard line. You got an opportunity here to run it and and really run down that. Uh, that clock don't give the saints a chance and the play calling. I mean, you, you've got the short run with uh, Montgomery. You got Nick Foles, I, I think through a pass to Nall, one of those two yard passes, you know, yeah. out of bounds, um, you know, and then, and then the incomplete pass over the middle and they, they settle for the field goal, but they leave like almost a minute and a half for, for breeze. One of the best quarterbacks in the game to run right down the field and score. And, and just, Right there, it was all about momentum, Ron. They just took the win right out of the Bears' sails. Even if the Bears only went up 13-3 to at halftime when we're getting the ball in the second half, there is a true, true thing out there in football called momentum. And I think right there, you just let the Saints take it away, get down by three at the halftime, and then that second half. I mean, there were some good in this game. They finally got Mooney a deep pass. Yeah. When's the last time we saw a deep completed pass? I don't. Right? I don't so think that we, was good. I'd yeah. like to see that. And I don't think we had a pass longer than twenty yards this season. So the, yeah, that 50, that fifty yarder was the longest play. Yes, no question about it. I mean, it's just that that just right there encompasses how how frustrating this offense is. And you mentioned back foot. I mean, I thought I thought I saw Rex Grossman in there. I mean, I had I had just. I know it's Halloween. I had this horror in my brain. I closed my eyes, and there's Rex Grossman throwing off of his back foot, throwing picks. Yeah, uh, it was just it was just crazy. Just seeing, but now you asked that question about you know what was going on. You know why are we not throwing these longer passes? I think it's two things. Number one, I think there is some issues with the coaching and the play call, and there's no question about it. We've seen it. 
But I think the second thing, Ron, is the other thing we talked about, and that's offensive line. Yeah. If you don't have time to throw, you don't have time for these guys to run three, four, five second routes. You just don't have it. Yeah. So there's those we, – we talked about the offensive line. That must be priority number two this offseason because they still have to figure out who the heck their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. Right? Who's going to be that – year 55, who's this new quarterback? Is it going to be – you know, are we really going to stick with Foles? Are we going to bring in somebody else? Where are we going to be in the draft? That's all, all that stuff. So just all in all, it's just a not a good game today by the Bears. And we haven't um, even talked about the the interesting thing about the Bears game. And it, there was one interesting thing, and that was Javon Wims. So, oh, so, so for the people that haven't watched the Bears game, Javon Wims, I think he was sticking up for one of his players. I think one of his players got his finger poked or something. But, poked in the face, yeah. Yeah, but Javon wins. I mean, you know, we do not condone. Condone? Yeah. We don't. I'm just trying to say. Yeah, we, we, we do not appreciate seeing, you know, somebody getting. Javon wins basically uppercuts a player uh, because he's upset about something. Does, does Javon wins? I mean, he was targeted one time. He had one catch for nine yards. Does he come back and play next week? Or do you think his actions are. Do you think his actions are, you know, do you think he uh, puts? Do you think he gets I, put on the practice squad? I mean, he straight up threw a punch. I don't think it's a matter of him being on the practice squad. I don't think the Bears. I don't think the Bears can really have, uh, you know, they're they're receiving. Can they core. afford I mean, it? They, yeah, they need bodies, right? But but the NFL might have something to say about it because he straight up threw a punch, and it was just. It was shocking to see. I mean, that's you definitely don't want to see that. It, it, he, he basically lost his cool and he made a stupid mistake. And, you know, if, if Kevin Cash didn't make a bigger, stupider mistake earlier, we might have, you know, he, you know, Wims might have got run over by the smack wagon today. But he, he yeah, might I mean, have. Yeah, it was just, it was just a dumb play. And, you know, he was rightfully ejected. He's probably going to, he's definitely going to hear from the NFL in some sort of monetary fashion. I mean, he's going to be paying a fine in some way. Yeah. Maybe lose a game. I don't know. I'm not sure how, you know, I I didn't, didn't do my homework on what the precedent is for that. But yeah, it was ugly. I mean, that's definitely don't want to see. That's not what, what five and three, or at that point, five and two, that's not what winning teams do. Yeah. They don't go out and make stupid mistakes like that. And you know what? We lost the game. And that's a wide receiver. Yeah. That's a wide receiver. And and here we are trying to, to to score and we're distracted once again and we don't score. We also don't uh, score when we're taking penalties, especially letting the clock go down. Like really, seriously. Like this is this is unacceptable. It's crazy. Yeah, it was rough. So Anything else in sports? I mean, we talked Dallas, we talked Chicago, we talked Las Vegas. Uh, anything else in sports you want to talk about, bud? Well, I think we definitely want to get into our how we did on our picks this week uh, because I'm excited about that because I know I did better than you. So that's going to be fun to talk about. Um, but before we do that, maybe real quick, you know, since we talked Chicago sports, maybe you want to talk real quick about uh, Tony LaRussa coming back to the South Side. Are you kidding me? Here he comes. He, he's... Um, Coming back to the South Side after being a, he was a manager for them. What in, in uh, I think the late seventies through the mid eighties uh, led him to a playoff appearance in I think eighty three. Then of course he went to Oakland where he won a World Series title and then spent oh my gosh probably what good fifteen maybe more years in St Louis where he won a couple of World Series titles including yeah. the last year he was in the league. 
before come, going on to be a, a MLB executive. But for him to be back on the south side, you know what I thought was so funny about that? That exactly. who's leaving the White Sox so he comes in is, and just as the White Sox are starting to get good, is Rick Renteria. Yeah. This has got to be like deja vu for that poor guy because when he was the Cubs manager, as soon as the Cubs start getting good, oh, by the way, goodbye, here comes Joe Matt. Yeah. But, hey, you got your boy Tony LaRusso back. Yeah, he's back. Uh, he's got a young, young staff that he's got to acclimate, acclimate to. He's got, he's got a really good rookie, uh, Robert Lewis. Robert Lewis, and uh, he's got a few other uh, players out there that he's got to manage. Can he? Can he? Can he manage? You know, a young Chicago White Sox team. I mean, can he as a set? I think uh, Tony Lewis is like 70 plus years old. I mean, is he capable? And does he does he have the 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 finger on the pulse of this young White Sox team? That remains to be seen. Uh, But the White Sox, uh, you know, hopes are high um, for them to to possibly win another division next year. Um, we're looking forward as a Sox fan. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that team do, do some, uh, magic. I, I was, uh, fortunate to be a, uh, season ticket holder, uh, back in 2005, uh, when they went to the world series, it was, a an awesome, an amazing job for them. But, uh, the bottom line is they need, uh, somebody that can lead these kids to the, their best potential. And their best potential needs to be first place in their division or at least in the playoff hunt. Uh, they did win their first game against Oakland uh, for this year's playoffs, but then lost the last two games, uh, unfortunately. But I think their GM is making the right moves, getting the right pitchers, and getting the right hitters to, to make it work. Uh, I was hoping, honestly, I don't know about you, Tim, but I was hoping that we would have had a Chicago White Sox, Chicago Cubs World Series, but... That, that did not come. Well, the way the Cubs were playing offense, that might have been one of the most boring World Series that we ever witnessed, but who knows, you know what, with the way 2020 was. I don't know. Sh- Chicago-Houston in 2005 was was pretty boring, too. I mean, I was not – I didn't really want Houston in the World Series. I wanted to play a different team. Uh, but, hey, you, you, you know, it is what it is. You, you got to – you got the title, you know. We won in two, 2005. The Cubs win in 2016, about effing time. And uh, now we're both struggling to get on top again. And I think that, I think both teams have a really good chance. So let's get right into the picks. Uh, we want to talk about, so far, our records. This, for our first time, <laughs> what, week seven, our first time doing picks <laughs> folks uh right now uh tim well, ron i think we'll go back i'm gonna go back we'll do picks for the the whole season i'm sure i'll be undefeated yeah yeah of course yeah so uh tim did have lock of the week his lock of the week was the kent city chiefs over the jets now wh- well that was a hard one <laughs> with our lock of the week uh tim is unable to use kent city chiefs now for the remainder of the year as the lock of the week um Upset of the week, I think it could be whoever we feel is going to be the upset of the week. But right now, the Chiefs are off the table for the T-Dog. 
uh, as I did not go with the guaranteed lock of the week. But that was that was a good pick. Chiefs won thirty five to nine. Uh, we both actually put, picked the Chiefs that game, but uh, we go back to uh, Falcons Panthers. We both picked Carolina. Unfortunately, Carolina lost to the Falcons Thursday night. So we both have a loss. We start off with a loss. That's pretty sad for us. But then we go into Steelers at the Ravens. Steelers win 28-24. It actually came down to a what a time, no time remaining throw into the end zone. And unfortunately, the Steelers are still undefeated. Uh, I did have the Steelers. T-Dog was looking for an upset with the Ravens. So uh, mark me up by one. And then we go Rams-Dolphins. Man, we... This is where I said playing the Bears, when Rams played the Bears, it really, I thought the Rams were going to look really good against the Dolphins. Well, and I had, this is, you know, you got the rookie quarterback from from Alabama making his NFL debut. I think I had told you this week that the Rams since 2014, which was Aaron Donald's rookie season, were 5-0 against rookie quarterbacks. And yeah. I really thought they would be 6-0. and And I think on the first game, or rather the second play of that game, I think Donald sacked Tugliova, or Tugliova, whatever his name is, and knocked the ball out of his hand. So I thought, hey, I'm, I actually know what I'm talking about here. Well, not so much. They not came so back much. and they, they upset the Rams. So uh, congratulations to Miami. Big win. Big win for the rookie. Um Maybe yeah, that opens up maybe that opens up uh their backup quarterback to go to you. Cow, Cowboys, maybe they'll maybe they'll reach out to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. We'll 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 have some trades to talk about next week potentially. We'll see. I mean, the NFL trade deadline is not really like a baseball trade deadline where you have you know big stars going back and forth. Uh but who knows? There might be some noise this year being an interesting uh interesting season. So, we'll see. And we already talked about Chiefs uh, Jets. We both won that one, so I'm up two to one so far. Then we go into Vikings Packers. We both felt Packers were going to beat the Vikes. Uh, they beat them in Week One. They cr- they crushed them in Week One. But today, not the not the same. Vikings beat the Packers twenty eight twenty two, which was good for us as Bears fans. Uh, we felt like, all right, here's our opportunity to get back into first in our division. Um, the Bears have something to play for this, you know, as as a first place team, and uh, unfortunately, we, we both picked the Packers, so that is a well, loss for me and you, there, buddy. Well, they ran the ball well. I mean, with Dalvin Cook, I think he rushed for over 160 yards and you know three touchdowns. I think he had another 60 something yards receiving and a touchdown there. I mean, just a fantasy player's dream right there, uh, dream game. But I guess you know they proved that they can win when they run the ball, which is what I said last week. Is even though they could run the ball well, they just can't figure out a way to win. But they did that against a good Packers run defense too, Ron. So, yeah, you're right. As a Bear fan, we wanted to see that. But at the same time, we also wanted to see a Bears victory to follow that up to make it even better. Yeah. That didn't happen. And then we go Colts at the Lions. Uh, we both picked the Colts, and the Colts did uh, show up in, in Detroit uh, 41-21. Uh, we jump to Vegas Browns. This is where Tim gets the uh, ties me up and wins. He picks Vegas, I pick Brown, so it was a split. Uh, yeah, must be nice. And then we go into Titans-Bengals. Now, this is an interesting game because this is T-Dog's upset of the week 
folks. He picked the Bengals over the Titans. I went with Titans because I like their defense. I felt they were, you know, they lost to the Steelers last week, but that was their first loss. Going into Cincinnati, I still felt Titans had a great opportunity to get their next win, but they didn't. They came up short. And I do have high hopes for the Bengals quarterback. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. As the year progresses, he's he's looking he's looking great, actually. 31-20 Bengals. So T Dog gets yeah. the next win on that one, huh, T? Yeah, I mean, he came out well, played well today, 249 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I'm still waiting for the real A.J. Green to show up just with a couple of catches today. Uh, I believe he was targeted five times and only had a couple of catches. But, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, this kid is really showing that he was the right pick for the Bengals and is going to be – I think he's got a big future there if they can continue to build around him. I mentioned T. Higgins last week, and he had six catches, led him with 78 yards today, including a nice diving play, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, they they did the right things today against a very good Tennessee team, uh, which, unfortunately, is who we're going to see as a Chicago Bear fan next week. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. I yeah. guess when we talk about our picks later, we'll see that. And then we go Patriots at Bills. Well, we both picked the Bills. We felt the Bills uh, with Josh Allen was going to have a good game. They actually did, 24-21. Uh, the Patriots are still sticking with Cam Newton. Uh, Bill Belichick still says Cam Newton's his guy. We'll see if they still continue to lose. You know, once again, you know, we have these head coaches that had really good quarterbacks. And is it really the head coach or is it really the quarterback that's making these teams better? Uh, Matt LaFleur up in Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. And is it really is it Aaron Rodgers is the is the Green Bay Packers quarterback. He is the team, the head guy on the team. Uh, Tom Brady was Patriots. He was the guy that won games for Bill Belichick. Um, Right now, Patriots lose again. So 24-21. We both picked the Bills, so that's a win for both of us. And then we go on to Chargers at Broncos, folks. Um, Man, I, I like the Chargers. I... Looking at the game, when I was watching the game, they were up. They were up quite a bit, but uh, Chargers end up losing 31-30. What a game, huh, T? Well, you know, and I, I said the Chargers defense was not very good. And then Justin Abair had made some mistakes today. There was no question about it. But, you know, the defense gave up. I think the Denver defense gave up almost 500 yards today. Um, so they basically did not play well. Like, I didn't think they would, but uh, – it, what a rally! What a comeback by this team for for Denver to come back and 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 win this game. Um, you know, it was really really a uh, a good comeback. I believe it was a last second touchdown with no time left uh, to win the game uh, for the Broncos. So just an exciting finish. They were down by twenty one at one point, I think, in the third quarter, and to come back and win that game that was really impressive. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. It was. Uh... <laughs> What a game. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to see the Bears do. Come oh, back well, and win. Well, the Broncos had a 14-play drive to close out that, that game, Ron. I don't know that I see the Bears stringing together 14 plays uh, on a game-winning drive, but who knows? They may surprise us. Yeah, so I tried for an upset of the week. I wanted the Niners to beat the Seahawks on the road. Uh, Seahawks ended up crushing the Niners 37-27. We both picked the Niners. But I, I called that my upset of the week, and it, I was upset. 
That's for sure. I was definitely upset. Uh, it was not the upset of the week, unfortunately. And then we go into the Bears-Saints, which we talked about already. Saints beat the Bears 26-23. Uh, the interesting thing is T-Dog did call the Saints to win. His score was 27-17. So they, they won 26-23. So pretty good call for the score there, T-Dog. I had the Bears eking out those Saints 21-20. And uh, I sound like a fool just saying those numbers the way they've been playing, but it is what it is. And then right now uh, we do have Philly up 21-9 to over Dallas. Uh, that's my lock of the week, folks. Eagles all day on Dallas. It looks like that's probably how it's going to play out. And, of course, the T-Dog has the Eagles as well. And then we will talk about next Monday's game. We, uh, we both... Pick Tampa Bay to beat the Giants, but that is to be tonight. Uh, once uh, that score comes in, we'll bring it up next week. So moving forward, week nine, we've got Packers at the Niners for a Thursday night game there. T-Dog, what's, what's your pick? Well, I mean, the Packers could not find a way to stop Dalvin Cook, and now they'll be going up against a 49er team that will be desperate for a win to stay in the hunt in what is arguably the best division in football. I mean, Ron, we talked about that earlier, the worst division in football being the East. Uh, Seattle is 6-1, and one, the Cardinals are 5-2, and two, uh, and despite Sunday's loss, the Rams are right there at 5-3, and three, so the Niners sitting in the basement at 4-4 four and four in a division basement, but this is still a very good defensive football team. And they can also run the ball well with the two-headed attack of uh, uh, the M&Ms, uh, Mostert and uh, McKinnon, I call them. But, but with, a, with a shortened week, because this is Thursday's game, and now no way to know whether Garoppolo and Kittle, uh, who are both hurt Sunday's game, uh, late in the game, will be even to play. I just, as much as this pains me to say as a Bear fan, I, I got to take the Packers in this one. Um, healthy Garoppolo and Kittle, maybe I would lean towards the Niners, but was too much of that up in the air. I got to go with Packers. I, I it yeah. makes me sick to my stomach to say it, but I'm it's okay. This. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I agree. Packers uh, will beat the 49ers for Thursday night. I I don't think Aaron is going to be taking two losses in a row. Uh, you know that's not his mo. So I think they turn around and and find a way to win. Uh, we go Broncos at Falcons, my friend. Broncos at Falcons. Well, two teams coming off desperation wins this week with, you know, Denver stunning the Chargers on that final play in regulation. We talked about that, down 21 points uh, in a 14-play drive at that. Um, but Atlanta scratching out their second win on Thursday night against Carolina. So this is going to be a tough one, but I'll take the Broncos on the road. Wow. Okay. Well, Broncos on the road. I'm going to take the Falcons at home. Uh, I just feel like they had a – they have obviously they had a longer week to prep, and they're at home. And of course, it's an indoor uh, stadium, so there won't be any element issues. So, but I, I, I'm favoring Falcons. So Falcons, it is Seahawks at the Bills. This is actually going to be a good game, T Dog. Seahawks at the Bills. Well, I think one of the two big games on on next week's slate. I mean, the Bills are for real. Uh, yes, they beat a struggling Pats team, but uh, it's a divisional game, and those are the games where you usually can throw the teams' one loss records out the window. I think Josh Allen comes up big in this game against a defense that just cannot stop the pass. Um, they are giving up a stupid 370 yards a game through the air. Um, I think the Bills D will do just enough to pull this one on. I'm going to take the Bills on this one at home. Very nice. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with my uh, upset of the week. I'm going to go with Seahawks at the Bills. I think the Seahawks are going to come in 
going to be my upset of the week. I think Bills are are have, I'm, I believe I I don't have the I don't have the numbers that like the the who's favorite or not, but I feel like the Bills would be favorite. Maybe not. The, actually, the Seahawks are favored, so that's not going to. You can't qualify that as a upset. Oh, right now, the early line on the game is the uh, Bills are plus three, so that's not official. So that can't be officially upset of the week. Well, I'm just going to say Seahawks over the Bills. Moving on, Ravens okay. at the Colts. Ravens at the Colts. T Dog. Uh, another big game. Um, no question about it, but I think this this one I'm actually going to call my upset of the week because the Colts are underdogs at home. So I'm going to take the Colts on this one. I think their defense continues to play real well. They, they put up 41 points today offensively, so good good game for them. Uh, the Ravens are a great football team. No question, they got Lamar Jackson there who's you know, a stud superstar, but I think the Titans are going to pull it off at home, and uh, this is going to be my upset of the week. Yeah, I, I agree. I I I like the Colts too. I'm not, obviously I'm not going to call it the upset of the week, but I'll find another one. But I, I do like the Colts the way they're playing, uh, especially defensively. Um, I think Philip Rivers has an opportunity to score some points, especially at home. So Colts it is. Texans at Jaguars. Texans at the Jaguars. Well, this is another one where a home there's a big home dog. So if you this might be one opportunity for you if you like the Jaguars at home. But I think the Texans are going to pull this one off. They got to really start stringing the wins together. We talked last week how their their opening schedule has just been one of the roughest that any team has had to go through. Now they're starting to get a little bit of a you know some of the marshmallow teams out there. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans over the Jags. All right. I like that. I, I, I agree with you. I like the Texans as well. I just don't have any faith in the Jags right now. And uh, Texans, um, man, they, they, they when they're on, they're on. I mean, it is what it is. When they're on, they're on. Uh, Panthers at the Chiefs. I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to take this as my lock of the week. I got to use the Chiefs as lock of the week, don't I? I just, I just feel like the Chiefs at home, I don't think... Panthers have a chance, to be honest with you. Going on the road, going to KC, especially if the weather is cold, snowy, rainy. I just think Chiefs uh, has what it is. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdowns today. Uh, This guy is an absolute stud. Uh, Should have been the number two pick in the 2017 uh, NFL draft uh, to the Chicago Bears, but uh, he's not. So Chiefs it is as the lock of the week. Oh, this is easy. It's the Chiefs. Okay. I'm not even gonna, I don't even need to talk about it. Just put it down. It's All the right. Chiefs. All right. Lions at Vikings. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Lions at Vikings. What do I even want to say about this one? Well, I, you know what? I'm going to take Minnesota at home. I think that, uh, you know, they're going to – I think the Vikings actually are going to start putting together and start stringing together some wins. Um, I think defensively they're, they're starting to get a little bit better. Um, they have no problem running the football. And they're going to be able to do that against the Lions team that uh, continues to struggle with that. So I'm going to take the, the Vikings on that one. All right. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think Vikings uh, was a big win over the Packers. I think they've got some momentum, and I think they have a chance at home, especially at home, to uh, beat the Lions. Uh, we're going to jump to Giants at Washington, the football team. This one's going to be interesting because this will be probably for first place, oh. potentially. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe they'll, somebody will get their third win or fourth win in the division. Uh, right now, I, you know, I'm going to go with Giants on this one. 
I'm going to go with the big G, G-men. I just feel like, uh, I just feel like, I feel like that's going to be a win. I don't know what to say. This is how I feel about it. You got a feeling. That's what you're saying. You got a feeling. Yeah. Well, you know, I I like Washington defensively. I mean, this is a team, they're really good against the pass. And, you know, the Giants are going to struggle in that department, uh, you know, to see, to try to move the ball against this Washington defense. However, I think this is Brown's chance to really kind of break out and show he can play well against a, a good passing defense. And Washington's just kind of lost. I'm going to take the Giants on the road, actually, in this one. That's, that's, that's going to be a pick for me there. All right. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. This actually is going to be a pretty interesting game. I feel Carr has the weapons that it needs to go after the Chargers, but the way the Chargers play today against the Broncos, um, I, hey, Las Vegas, they have defensive play. They have defensive team, man. They they can come. I feel like uh, the Raiders, I'm going to take the Raiders on this one. I think they're going to eke it out. Uh, Raiders are going to beat the Chargers. Well, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Chargers at home. Um, I, again, I, I know I said it the, earlier on the podcast, I really like the Raiders. I'm a big Derek Carr fan. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, the Chargers right now, they're going to come out of this game. They got really one of the better offenses in the NFL. They're really starting to click. They can run the ball. Uh, they can pass the ball. Uh, I think I, I think I like LA to take this one. So I'm going to take uh, the Chargers at home. All right. So this is going to be an interesting uh, matchup, this next uh, pick. Uh, we're talking about Dolphins at Arizona. Dolphins at Arizona. So Dolphins have to travel to Arizona. Talking East Coast to West Coast. I don't think that's really an issue, but uh, the rookie quarterback, really the rookie quarterback on both sides. I mean, Arizona doesn't really have a rookie quarterback, but a second-year quarterback, right? Uh They both are playing pretty good. I mean, Dolphins won today. But I don't see the Dolphins winning on the road in Arizona. I actually see Arizona coming in strong and winning this one. How about you, T? Well, I think, yeah, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Arizona at home. Um, you know, th- this is, again, in one of the toughest divisions out there. This is a game they have to win. They can't afford, uh, with them having to play two games – against the Seahawks, two games against the Rams, two games against the 49ers, you can ill afford a losing a winnable game at home, a team, like you said, traveling across country. The Cardinals have to be good. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how good this Cardinal team, team is because, you know, part of their schedule, you know, they lost to the Lions, they lost to the Panthers, um, you know, two teams that are, you know, they're playing 500 ball right now. Uh, they did beat the 49ers and the Seahawks, but real close games. Um, and, you know, who'd they really smack around? The Jets, the, the Redskins, and the Cowboys. They need to do that this week as well. This is my lock of the week. I think they've got to really pull this one out, and they're going to be ready for this game. So put that down for my lock. So your lock is the Cardinals. Yeah, that was a roundabout way for me to say that the lock. Jeez. The Cardinals, Holy not. moly, dude. <laughs> All right, your lock just, of the week. You know, I, I don't want you to pick it because I like birds. You know, I just, that, that's not the reason I'm picking them. I actually, you know, did a little homework. Okay, well, I am going to go. Uh, we've got Steelers at the Cowboys. Uh, 
Ugh. Now, this one, I should have used this as my lock of the week. Personally, I, I'm not even going to talk any. I, Steelers is going to get another win. Um, this would be a great upset, but I don't think the Cowboys have what it takes to, to beat the Steelers at all. Uh, Cowboys can't even beat the Eagles. And Eagles right now are Eagles winning 23-9. I'm surprised Cowboys even got nine points so far tonight, to be honest with you. So, uh, right now, Steelers over the Cowboys. What do you got, T? Yeah, I think that's an easy one. I think until we really know what the identity of the Dallas Cowboys and, more importantly, their quarterback position is going to be here in the next couple of weeks, you know, is it really going to be Ben DiNucci? Is it going to be something else? Does Jerry Jones go out and make a move? Or, you know, until we really know that, I don't know how we can see a Cowboys team you know, knocking the, the Steelers from the ranks of the unbeaten. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's an easy pick. We'll take the Steelers. All right, Sunday night, Saints at Tampa Bay. Saints at Tampa Bay. Go ahead, T. Well, you know, Tampa Bay, they've, they've got uh, Tom Brady there, and, and this is a guy who plays really well in prime time, really well in the spotlight. He, he, get, he just elevates his play in these types of games. Yeah, you know what, he's, he elevates his play – pretty much every game, but really when it comes to these, these Monday, Sunday night games, Thursday night games, a special Tom Brady comes out. I think he's going to pull this one off. I see him leading the, the uh, Buccaneers over a Saints team. Maybe it's, I'm just bitter and I want to see the Saints lose next week because mm. they beat the Bears. Maybe that has a little to do with it, but more to do with Tom Brady. I'm going to take the Bucks. Yeah, I would say, listen, the, the Saints just barely beat the Bears, and the Bears' offense is ferocious. Uh I can't, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't see, I can't see the Saints beating Tampa Bay, especially if, you know, uh, if they still have some of their offensive weapons still out or injured. Um, I know Drew Brees struggled a little bit trying to get the ball out to some of his wide receivers, but really, you know, what saved the day was uh, Kamara, you know, for, for the Saints. But I, I just don't see that happening against Tampa Bay, especially being on the road in Tampa. I think Tom Brady um, has the initials for Tampa Bay, TB. So we're going we're gonna to see TB win it in TB. That's what you're going with. Okay. I'm going with Tampa Bay. And then uh, Monday night game, uh, Patriots at the Jets. I'm going to start this one off, man, as my upset of the week. You heard it live, or you heard it here on Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Upset of the week, Jets, Jets, Jets get their first win over a shady, shady Patriots team that I don't know if they're going to win or not. I would assume that the Jets are not favorites in this game. So that's why I'm going with the upset of the week. No, that's 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 true. I mean, the Jets are just – I don't know the Jets will be favored at all this year, even if they won three games in a row. Maybe, I don't know. But they, this is a bad football team. There's no question about it. And – when I look at this game, I almost thought about picking the Jets as well. I'm not going to. I am going to take the Patriots, really, because I think Bill Belichick, he's sitting at 2-5 and five right now. He's going on the road against, again, the worst team in the NFL. I'm going to, I'm going to say Belichick is going to be the deciding factor here. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to some decision-making towards the end of the game to win it. Um, i got to go with the Patriots as much as I want to use it as an upset, I just can't. I mean, these Jets, this Jets team, Sam Darnold was just way too careful today. It looks like he didn't want to make any 
uh, aggressive moves whatsoever. They could not run the football. Granted, they were playing the Chiefs. I get it. But what a bad football team. I'll take the Patriots. All right. And then, of course, I left the, the best for last. That would be Tennessee is – or the Chicago Bears are at Tennessee Titans. Chicago Bears are at Tennessee Titans. The way the Bears are playing right now, I have to go with the Titans. Uh, I just feel like uh, – they're going to win at home. I don't, I just, I have no confidence right now in the Chicago bears to make plays that are going to be beneficial to the team to actually scoring right now. So I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, what, what about you there? T dog. Well, you know, you talk about how good that Chicago bears defense is. And one thing I've noticed over the past several several weeks is that defense is, is starting to kind of trickle down the standings and trickle down um, the, the rankings there, especially against the run. And you sh- you saw it today. I mean, you see a guy like Taysom Hill, which when he's in the game, you almost know he's going to run the football. And the Bears, other than a couple of plays in the third quarter, just could not stop him when you know he's running the football. I think he's thrown it two or three times all year when he's in there on that, on that uh, offensive uh, – uh, play those offensive plays that they run. So the Bears defense against the run, it just they seem to be now granted they're on the field a lot. They're they're getting tired because the offense can't seem to think can't seem to get things going. But you've got a guy, Derrick Henry. This guy is a bruiser. They ran for over two hundred yards today. I think they averaged over seven yards per carry, which again is just ridiculous yeah. Nintendo type numbers. I I I said it before, this stretch, the Rams the Saints, the Titans, this was a true test for Chicago. And they're, unfortunately, I wanted them to at least pull out one of these three games. I thought it would be the Rams game. Uh, but it looks like they very well could go 0-3. I, I, I got to pick the Titans on this. It's a tough, what? tough pick to make. But You're not taking, take- wait, 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 you're not taking the Bears? I'm going to take the Titans to beat the Bears. Holy testicle Tuesday. Wow, you heard it here, folks. I'm you sorry, heard it here. Sorry, but that's it's hard for me to say, but you're absolutely right. Holy testicle Tuesday. All right. Well, folks, uh, it, it was it, it was an interesting week in sports. It was an interesting week in sports picks. And it was definitely it was really nice to have your son on the podcast today, Tim. Yeah. Uh, uh, please uh, hit us up. Uh, hit us up on MM Couch Potatoes. Tweet us. We want to basically get some people tweeting. I don't even know what that means. See, I'm too old for that stuff. But anyways, uh, if you have any questions, uh, please email us at info at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com and also send us a message on Insta, not Instagram because I don't have that yet, but on on Twitter, MM Couch Potatoes. Uh, also, you can check us out at our website at uh, www.mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. All right. It was great. It was fun. I'll see you next week there, T-Dog. I'm out.